to Texas. Now he heaves his He did it! That's out of his range, Jim. Oh, wow, Texas. What an exclamation point to the first half. That's Yes, sir. We are back for another edition of the Hardwood Culture Podcast on the Believe Network. You know me, know the voice, know guys. Me, really real, villain, real, real, from and Junior here at your service. And it everything was going Texas's way. Every single thing was going Texas's way in that game. We cashed the first half minus two and a half. We cashed the minus four and a half for the Texas Longhorns and. I just want to shout out really, really quickly, Rodney Terry, in the new coach of Texas. And, I mean, they have to give him a long-term deal as head coach. He has turned this program around from the allegations against Redacted and how serious those were, whether, you know, I'm not going to speak on the situation, but the fact that he took that program from having those allegations and kind of a glooming cloud over Texas, and now they've won some 28, 29 of 34 games, I believe it is, since he's taken over as head coach. It's been amazing. It's really been amazing. And I'm really rooting for Rodney Terry and this Texas team right now. And I didn't think I'd say that after they fired Shaka Smart. Anybody knows me, I'm a Shaka Smart guy. But very, very good ball coming out of Texas and never in doubt. It was never in doubt, honestly. Well, we had a day, ladies and gentlemen. We had a day yesterday. I think the official record is 5-2. and two. So just going through some of the picks – we had the Miles Turner birthday game, and I told you, I mean, if you didn't know birthday games before, now you know. Miles Turner birthday game, line came in at 15 and a half. So I played 15 and a half, played the 20 plus at plus 210, and 25 plus at 7-1. We didn't get 25. We couldn't, he didn't get us five points in that fourth quarter. I know they sat him because they were getting killed by the Boston Celtics by that point in time, so they sat him. But 20 plus points cashed in three quarters that was that was nice we got the points prop so we're in good in there moving on to the rest of the games we had sacramento sacramento comes through minus four and they handle the phoenix suns where phoenix again just can't buy a win can't buy a cover without kevin durant is really hard when you trade away some good pieces that you had on that roster for kevin durant and kevin durant gets hurt now Ultimately, they're not worried about his availability for the playoffs, and that's really when this matters. But it's it's rough for Phoenix right now. So we cashed that. Mm, I was watching the end of that game, and I was a little nervous. I needed free throws to go our way. We got a backcourt violation that might not have been of that backcourt violation towards the end of that game. But Monty Williams didn't challenge it, and we got another possession, free throws. We get the cover. It's all that matters. So another win there. That was nice. Utah Jazz, man. I mean, hey, sometimes the trend doesn't go your way. So now they move to 27-11-1. and one. I've been playing this since the beginning of the season. I think I might have missed 
No, because I started. I played them that first game of the season as a dog, so that can't. I might have missed a couple of games as them as a dog, but we're still up. We're still up since we've been talking about this. So if you win some, you lose some with that. It's still a really, really good trend, and uh, I might be talking about it a little later. We will see getting into the rest of the pot. And for the last play, we had, yeah, Texas. It was Texas, minus four and a half. That minus two and a half in the first half, we cashed those. So very good day, five and two overall for the pod. Getting into, because it's late, it's 1.30 on the East Coast right now. I just decided to record this because I was looking at the lines, and I was like, this is insane. So I wanted to make sure I got this out to y'all as quickly as possible so y'all could go ahead and get the best of the line before they shift. But I'm, I'm not wasting any time. I mean, I'm, I'm going straight into the picks in this one. And we're kicking things off with... The Milwaukee Bucks are playing the Denver Nuggets in Denver. The Nuggets are laying two and a half right now. And this is another system. It feels like this is a system Saturday. There's a lot of system plays here, but this is another system play here. And the system play here is on the Milwaukee Bucks because the Bucks on a back-to-back are 9-0-1 against the spread. 9-0-1 against the spread on a back-to-back. That is incredible is really, really good testament to how they've been able to play on short rest for over the course of the season. Now, there's a number of reasons to like the Bucs here in this spot, and I think that this back-to-back is a little different than others because you have Chris Middleton, who didn't play yesterday, injury management, I expect him to play today. Jay Crowder didn't play yesterday, I expect him to play today. Joe Ingles didn't play yesterday, I expect him to play today. So you feel very good about a lot of death pieces for Milwaukee coming off of no rest. We'll see if Gordon Dragic plays. But I'm not certain certain on that one, but you see, you feel a lot really good about a lot of death pieces for Milwaukee coming back into this one. And then you're not worried about the people that played because they've been good on back to us all season. So you look at the last five games for the Milwaukee Bucks, and if anybody's wondering why I'm handicapping just the last five games. The NBA is a very, very long season, and so you want to shorten your sample size and see how teams are playing right now rather than how they played two months ago when the team was probably a completely different team, injuries, all that stuff. You want to focus on the now. So last five games for Milwaukee Bucks, they are scoring 126.2 points per game. That is second in the NBA. Denver Nuggets are scoring 113 points per game, 21st in the NBA. Third in defensive rating for the Bucks in those five games. 16th for the Denver Nuggets. This is interesting. The Bucks actually have the fastest pace in the league during those past five games, while Denver has the slowest pace in the league and 30th in the NBA. So I'm really going to be interested there to see who controls the pace. Can Milwaukee speed Denver up at home? Or does Denver control this pace at home and slow Milwaukee down? But honestly, if you slow Milwaukee down, does that even help you? to be like does that help you because now you're forcing their defense to work out the half court and we know how good that bucks defense can be so i i just think that Jokic is gonna have some problems on the inside with Giannis, with brooke lopez and they're really gonna keep him off balance they're really gonna rattle him on the inside he's gonna have to make some passes and the passing lanes are gonna be clogged up 
I mean, this Bucks defense is live. They get active. They have their hands up. They're moving. I think this is going to be rough. I think this is going to be rough for the Denver Nuggets. I This just feels like wrong team favorite to me. I Even though Milwaukee's on the road, even though Milwaukee's coming off a of back-to-back, I, I just think that they probably still should be favored in this game. Offensive-wise, defensive-wise, I think they're the better team. So I'm I'm going to Milwaukee Bucks here, plus two and a half. I'm going to keep riding with the trend of the Bucks on a back-to-back, and hopefully we get another good one here. All right, next game on the slate, I have the Utah Jazz versus the Sacramento Kings. Kings are the home team in this one. They're laying nine at home. Kings are coming off of back-to-back. I told you we just handicapped that Kings game where we got the win with the Kings against the Sun. But in that game, very important to note that De'Aaron Fox did leave the game early with a sore right hamstring, and his availability is questionable for next week. I mean, not next week, but next game tomorrow, today, today, technically. So his availability is going to be questionable for today. I don't think that – why would you force it? Like if you're, if you're the Kings in this spot, you're basically locked into the three seed. I mean, you have a chance to catch Memphis, but you probably won't. And even if you're the three seed, you still feel comfortable about that. I mean, you haven't been to the playoffs since I was in elementary school. I'm 27. Like, you haven't been in the playoffs in an extremely long time. And so I think that this is now the opportunity where you say, all right, we're not going to force it with De'Aaron Fox. He just got hurt the night before. Are we really going to put him back out there in a back-to-back? No, I don't think so. So I don't think De'Aaron Fox is playing this game. And if you look on the other side of the ball for Utah, you have Laurie Marketing, who is looks like he's going to be the most improved player of the year in Laurie Marketing. And he is came coming off a hand injury. He's been bothering him for a while. He's been playing through it, but they've been sitting him a couple of games. He looks like he's going to go in this one. So now you're adding a guy that can give you 30, easily give you 30. And you're taking away a 30-point score for the Kings. So, But the line is still minus nine for the Kings. Now, you are getting Utah on a back-to-back. I didn't look up Utah on a back-to-back ATS, so let's see what that is really quickly. Utah on a back-to-back is 8-4-1. So, I mean, it just seems like one plus one is equal to here. You know how I feel about Utah as a dog. They're catching nine points on the road here. And so 27, 11, and one. I just talked about it earlier. 27, 11, and one. You have them 8, 4, and one on a, a back to back this season. You have De'Aaron Fox, who's probably not going to play. You have Lori Marketing, who probably is going to play. You have Utah, who is fighting for this play in. They are trying to get into play in, they are trying to have a shot at the playoffs. They need to rack up wins, and they need to keep pace with the Lakers, the Thunder, uh, the Mavericks. Uh, Who else is down there? The Timberwolves. They have to keep up with all those teams. And so you got to get wins where you can, and you're going to have to upset some people. You're going to have to find ways to win on the road. So looking at that all that narrative wise and then just basketball wise the king's defense is just terrible they're terrible they are not good you have the kings 
last five games, 27th in opponents' points per game, 118.6 points per game, 29th in opponents' field goal percentage, 49.4 points per game. I mean, 49.4% field goal percentage. You have 25th opponents' three-point percentage, 37.3%. If you give this – if we send it the other week, the other not the other week, but the other day. You saw it the other day when the Kings played the Jazz in Utah. And they let them score all those points without Laurie Marketing, without Jordan Clarkson. Now you might have Laurie Marketing in this game, and the line is still nine. And I understand that Sacramento is a great home atmosphere, but man, the, the, this is a get up spot for the Jazz where they just have to know De'Aaron Fox probably. You gotta, they're gonna give up their best shot. And I know, I know they got slaughtered tonight. And I'm actually kind of happy they got slaughtered because, you know, sometimes you lose the battle, but you win the war. Because I'm happy that they got killed today because now, now they realize we have to light a fire. We cannot drop two in a row with how tight this play-in race is. If you drop two in a row with how tight the play-in race is right now, you're basically out. That's how tight the West play-in race is. You're basically out if you drop two in a row. So I expect Utah to get up for this game. Again, plus nine. We don't even need them to win. We just need a cover. But of course, I'm sprinkling on the money line, a little salt base sprinkle on the money line there. Plus nine, Utah, Utah are my guys. So, yeah, Utah Jazz, plus nine, sprinkle on the money line there. That money, let me see what that money line price is here for Utah, 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 Utah. We have a, do I have a money line price? Plus 315. So, plus 315 on the money line for Utah Jazz there. That is my second play for today. All right, for my next play of the day, we have the 76ers, the Philadelphia 76ers playing the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix. 76ers are laying one. And we have both of these team teams coming off of back-to-back. The 76ers just lost to the Golden State Warriors. That was an amazing game, really, really good game. Golden State, Phoenix had was in the driver's seat at a point in that game, but Golden State took that win. That was less about Phoenix losing the win and Golden State taking the win. Whereas on the other side, you have the Phoenix Suns going against the Sacramento Kings. And again, we were on the right side of that Kings minus four. But that game felt like that the offense for the Kings really, really started to slide in that second half when De'Aaron Fox went out. And the the Suns couldn't... They couldn't capitalize. They couldn't capitalize on it. They literally just kind of played shot for shot for the rest of the game, and the Kings end up getting the win. So where one hand, you have the 76ers who feel like they played a good game and the Warriors just played better, and you have the Suns who feel like, man, we had a chance to go steal that win towards the end of the game, and we just couldn't capitalize on it. And so here, Looking at these two teams on the back-to-back, you have the Philadelphia 76ers, 7-3-1 and one against the spread on a back-to-back. Phoenix Suns, 4-6 and six against the spread on a back-to-back. You're not having any KD in this game. Again, I talked about it yesterday. This is literally the same handicap yesterday for today with the Suns. We're just going to keep fading them with KD out of the lineup. They don't – yes, Terrence Ross had 30 today. That was really, really good. Terrence Ross had 30 today. T.J. Warren had a good game. And you see where it got them? Nothing. It didn't get them anything. And so 
it one and six straight up now, zero and seven against the spread. This this Phoenix Suns team is just a fade. This is the same place that they were at earlier in the season when Devin Booker was hurt, and the Suns couldn't buy a win at all without their star. Now they trade away some good pieces that they have for Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant goes down again, and now they can't buy a win anymore. And I truly just think this team is trying to tread water to the playoffs. Like they're just trying to tread water, make sure that they're not in the play-in. They're not beating one of the best teams. I don't think they're beating one of the best teams in the East. Both of these teams actually are very comparable when you look at opponents' points per game, when you look at defensive rating, when you look at offensive rating. They're very, very comparable. But we have Joel Embiid on this side. And I think he plays. I do. I think Joel Embiid plays his back-to-back because Joel Embiid is still playing for an MVP. Did y'all see the MVP odds when Joel Embiid went down in Chicago? Was it in Chicago? Yeah, it was in Chicago. He put, he went down, and he didn't come back in the second half, and the MVP odds dropped from minus 230 for Joel Embiid to minus 130, just like that. Like, it's little stuff like that people don't be thinking the players be watching, but I really think they be paying attention. I think John B, like, in the back of his mind knows that if he misses time, if he misses a game or two or any of that, they are going to find any reason to give Jokic this MVP, and I know he's not trying to lose that MVP to Jokic again. He talks about all the time how bad he wants MVP, and so I think he plays. Really, the, the concern for me is James Harden. Because when James Harden is hurt, he is hurt. He should not be playing basketball. He cannot get to his spot. He looks so uncomfortable. He doesn't shoot the ball right. He has a terrible game. And he's dealing with an Achilles injury right now. He didn't play against the Warriors. I really don't think he's going to play against the Suns either, but he might. That's the only thing that would scare me if James Harden plays. Because if James Harden plays and he's not fully healthy, he is not good. You saw it in Brooklyn. Everybody's wondering what happened to James Harden. Why why was James Harden broken all this time during Brooklyn? He was hurt. And James Harden cannot play hurt. He does not play well hurt. So here we are, 76ers, minus one. I think that James Harden does a play. I think we do get Embiid on the back-to-back still coming to play. We have Tyrese Maxey, who I really, really like. And I think he's going to have a good game against this Phoenix Suns team as well. So I'm here. I'm playing the 76ers minus one. I think they get it done on the road. They've been a really good road team, 20 and 15 against the spread this season on the road. So I think they get it done. I'm taking the Philadelphia 76ers minus one in this one. And for my last play of the day, I'm going to the NCAA, but the women's side, college basketball for the women. And South Carolina is playing UCLA. South Carolina is laying 16 and a half. This is the largest spread for the Sweet 16. We're in the Sweet 16 for them, right? Yeah, we're in the Sweet 16. This is the largest spread that they have um, on the board. South Carolina is 34 and 0. South Carolina is by far the best team. I think everybody has them going and winning a championship again this year. UCLA played them tough earlier this season. UCLA played them tough where South Carolina really had to battle in that game and really, really earn that win. And I think by that point in the season, well, no, because they had the Stanford game before that. That was a, but that was like, they were one of the few teams to really, really test South Carolina early on in the season. So UCLA, when they see South Carolina again, they remember that and they remember, Hey, 
we gave them a game that first time around. It was 73-64. So it was a really, really good game if you missed that one. But here's my thing. Dawn Staley is an amazing coach. And I truly think she's going to have these girls ready to play UCLA the second time around. And when you look at this season and you look at South Carolina and the games they played against teams the second go-around that gave them a really good game that first go-around, you have Ole Miss, who they played in the SEC tournament. First game in February February 19th, it was a 64-57 win by South Carolina on the road. That game went to overtime. They come back in the SEC tournament, absolutely dominate Ole Miss, 80 to 51, 51 points. Tennessee also had a very good game. The next game against South Carolina, the next game, February 23rd, my birthday. No, shout out. You know, if anybody was wondering what my birthday was, my birthday. But 73-60. So, yes, they won by 13. That game was closer than anything. And Tennessee, you know, really, really gave them – they were leading – I think they were leading at halftime, if I remember. No, if they weren't leading by halftime, it was really, really close. They were leading at the first, I think it was. Yeah, I think they were leading after the first. And Tennessee really gave them a game early on in that one, and then South Carolina eventually pulled away, got the win. Second go-round, SEC tournament final, 74-58 to South Carolina. Another dominating game in that one. And so here, I'm just thinking that the trend kind of keeps going of Dawn Staley makes the adjustments of what she saw the first game. She doesn't take these wins for granted at all. Like when you listen to her talk, when you see the play on the court, she doesn't take the wins for granted at all. And she always finds a way to make these girls better, always finds a way to make them better. And so I think that Dawn Steele is going to have them ready to go. The size of South Carolina does concern me. Well, for UCLA, not for South Carolina because they're the bigger team. But you still have you have Aaliyah Boston, 6'5". You have Camilla Cardoza, 6'7". And then the tallest person you have on UCLA is Emily Bessoir, who is 6'4", sophomore. And then you got a couple – you got a 6'3", freshman, 6-foot freshman. But they're – this UCLA team is talented, but they're young. They're undersized compared to the South Carolina team. South Carolina's on a roll. And when it, look at the foul disparity, South Carolina 48th in the nation in terms of fouls per game, whereas UCLA is 314th, 314th in the nation. If you send South Carolina to the line, if you give them opportunity to get points at the line, I just think that that, that – can only help South Carolina chances of covering this 16 and a half. I understand why people are on. I, I understand why the public would be betting UCLA here. One, you're trying to find some way somehow to fade South Carolina. UCLA gave them a game the first time around. You think they're going to give them a game the second time around as well. I don't know. I just think that I want to trust the veteran team, the better head coach, not taking anything away from UCLA, but the better head coach. And, the history of Don Staley proving that, hey, we can learn from a win. We don't have to learn from losses. We can learn from wins as well. So I'm going South Carolina here, minus 16 and a half. So the close show out I have on the slate, Bucks plus two and a half, Utah plus nine, 
76ers minus one and South Carolina minus 16 and a half. All right, everyone, if you are not, make sure you are subscribed to me on Apple or Spotify or both. Hey, you could do both. I appreciate both. I could definitely appreciate both. And look, the downloads, the reviews, if you're not, please leave reviews. That's really, really helping me out. I looked at Chartable and saw that I'm up to, what was that, 54? 54 on basketball podcast. That's really good. Now, I'm not getting the most listeners right now because we just started this thing. And it's but Chartable really isn't based off listeners, it's based off of engagement from the listeners that I do have. And what that's saying is that you guys are listening to the show, you're listening all the way to the show. You're not just coming for the pics, you're staying for the banter and you're enjoying me. And I appreciate all that. I appreciate everybody that's listening. I'm telling you, we are gonna grow this show into something really, really big. Slowly but surely, it's gonna be something really, really big. And I can't wait to get to the point of that and just blow up honestly like let's blow up let's make money together let's you know help people learn how to sports bet i'm getting a lot of new sports bettors listening to this where they're kind of learning how to sports bet while listening to this podcast and that's what i wanted so i'm enjoying it. i'm enjoying building an audience i'm enjoying building a family with everyone and everyone feeling like they're here with me if we're sweating these games out together so Appreciate everybody supporting the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at HW Culture Pod. Make sure you follow us on YouTube at Hardwood Culture Podcast. We will have YouTube live streams coming soon. As soon as I kind of get some other things loosened, tightened up, we're going to be starting a YouTube live stream so you can catch me live on YouTube while I'm recording this and, you know, put this in or just talk to me and, you know, keep that conversation going. So, again, appreciate everybody for everything. Other than that, I mean, I really don't have anything else to say, nothing else to do, no other way of ending the podcast. So I'm just going to end it like this. We had two winning days in two episodes. Let's make it three. We out of here. <laughs>